0: Tonight, the extra boost of hope is coming, as health officials warn the spike in deaths is only going to get worse. As soon as the FDA gives the OK, shipments of Moderna shot will begin this weekend. The rollout welcome news to health care workers and nursing home residents. 50,000 have been vaccinated in the last week, plus the vice president and congressional leaders. But the debate tonight about who is next essential workers or adults 65 and older. Coronavirus crisis. Numbers that are hard to wrap your head around. Two Americans dying every minute, with the U.S. death toll projected to nearly double by April 1st. Under attack. What's believed to be the largest cyber espionage campaign in U.S. history is still ongoing. I see this as an act of war. Could foreign hackers have access to your tax returns? Congress stalls. The last minute snag that could further delay COVID relief with time running out and without Washington's help. 50 million Americans worry about putting food on the table. Meet a family of 12 now relying on food banks. One week till Christmas, more than 84 million Americans plan to travel. But if you're sending a gift, could it be delayed by bad weather and record volume? Like father, like son. The striking similarities of the Woods family swing. And season of giving. CBS's Steve Hartman on how a young girl's imagination inspired her neighbor to make dreams come true.
4: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell reporting from the nation's capital.
0: Good evening and thank you for joining us on a busy Friday. And as we come on the air tonight, we are standing by for the FDA to give its final sign off on emergency use of a second coronavirus vaccine, a decision that could come at any moment. Millions of doses of the new shot made by the drug company Moderna should start shipping out on Sunday, giving a huge boost to the nationwide campaign to stop the virus, stop the spread of the virus just days before Christmas. But with more than 84 million Americans now expected to travel for the holidays, there is real concern tonight, that the virus's grip on the country will only grow stronger in the weeks ahead. It is, frankly, hard to comprehend. But every day, things are only getting worse. On Thursday, the virus killed more than 3,000 Americans. That's the second day this week that the death toll has been that high. And across Southern California tonight, hospitals are out. Of ICU beds. Patients are now waiting outside on gurneys. That's right, waiting outside in America. And while the vice president and congressional leaders rolled up their sleeves to get the Pfizer vaccine today, they failed to reach a deal to provide financial relief to the families and small businesses being crushed by the pandemic. We have a lot of new reporting tonight for you and your family, and our team is standing by to cover it all. CBS's Mola Lenghi is going to lead off our coverage tonight from Hartford, Connecticut. Good evening, Mola.
4: Well, good evening, Nora. Long-term care facilities like this one have been absolutely devastated by this virus, accounting for nearly 40 percent of COVID deaths across the country. Here in Connecticut, that number jumps to 70 percent, which is why this Moderna vaccine is so critical. It was another dose of good news today as the Moderna vaccine is poised to get the green light for emergency use authorization. And it can't come soon enough with coronavirus ravaging the country. We will crush. This outbreak that has really terrorized us for the last 11 months. Once approved, 6 million initial doses will be shipped across the country next week, with 20 million doses expected by the end of the year. The Moderna vaccine has been shown to be 94.1% effective overall for the patients in its trials, dropping to 86.4% for those 65 and older. Like Pfizer, it requires two doses. But unlike Pfizer's vaccine, Moderna's can be kept in a standard refrigerator for 30 days. At least 50,000 Americans have already received their first doses, the start of a monumental effort to give initial doses to 100 million people by April. In a display of support designed to boost public confidence in the vaccine, Vice President Mike Pence received his first dose earlier today.
5: Building confidence in the vaccine is what brings us here this morning.
4: Members of Congress also stepped up. And President-elect Joe Biden and his wife, Dr. Jill Biden, will get their shots on Monday with Vice President-elect Kamala Harris and her husband following a week later. With 5,000 nursing home deaths a week, states are now focused on vaccinating their most vulnerable, including hard-hit yeah, Connecticut.
1: It was a real priority for us that uh, nursing homes, the nurses here, as well as the residents, being top of the list, prioritized in terms of getting this. 22,000
4: of them are eligible for this first phase, including Trinity Care Center in Hartford that lost 10 residents and one staff member to the virus. We were there today in full PPE. His patients lined up. Franklin Wariel was first up.
1: Let's hope this works out
4: for everybody, not just me. I mean everybody. Edwin Ovalles was another resident looking for a dose of hope. I'm sure the the feeling of relief felt better than yeah, the needle. Yeah, definitely, because it's definitely been chaos because of it. He was eager to get vaccinated after witnessing months of death and despair here.
6: It's the first step in the right direction. Before, what was there? There was nothing but sickness and death. Now there's something that we can look forward to.
4: So who exactly is next in line to get this shot? Will it be teachers, transit workers, grocery store employees? That is the very question that a federal panel of vaccine experts will try to answer this weekend in an emergency meeting, Nora.
0: Many people will be watching Mullalenghi. Thank you. And tonight, more than 114,000 Americans are being treated for COVID in hospitals. In Southern California, there are no intensive care beds available for the sickest patients. CBS's Carter Evans reports tonight from hard hit Los Angeles.
1: Patients on stretchers and in wheelchairs in need of emergency care, but waiting in ambulances or outside in the cold for hours.
5: I'm not going to sugarcoat this. We are
1: getting crushed. There are no more open ICU beds in the entire Southern California region, and just more than 2% are available statewide, nearly 150,000 new cases in the last three days alone. At this pace, nearly 70,000 deaths are projected in California and more than 560,000 nationwide by April 1st. An unthinkable toll, yet more than 84 million Americans are expected to travel this holiday season despite restrictions, spelling disaster for hospitals.
3: Normally, we have 29 beds in our emergency department.
1: Today, we had, this morning, we had 77 patients. Martin Luther King Jr. Community Hospital CEO Dr. Elaine Batchelor showed us the triage area set up in the ambulance bay. Her hospital is at the epicenter of the COVID fight, located in a low-income, under-resourced community in South Los Angeles. I'm worried that we could see ourselves in a situation like New York, where the healthcare care system was overwhelmed. And when that happens, um, patients start dying. Why don't you just ship patients elsewhere? There is nowhere to ship patients when every hospital is at capacity. So they put more beds in the ER waiting room, and even the hospital gift shop. You're putting ER beds in the gift shop. How much worse could it get? Well, we've got four tents out front as well, so we're using every space we can find. Many of the people who live in this community are essential workers, grocery store clerks, bus drivers, people who have contact with lots of other people. The positivity rate of 25% at this testing site is double what it is for the rest of the county, And that means one out of every four people in line here is likely infected with COVID-19. Nora.
0: Carter Evans, thank you. Well, tonight, last-minute demands from a small group of senators are leaving the $900 billion COVID relief bill on hold. The gridlock means Americans hoping for a stimulus check will have to keep waiting. CBS's Nancy Cordes is at the Capitol tonight. So, Nancy, we kept saying that a deal was closed. What's happened?
3: Nora, what's happened is that Republicans tried to insert a provision that Democrats argue would tie the hands of the incoming Biden administration. This is a measure authored by Pennsylvania Republican Pat Toomey. It would pare back some of the lending powers the Federal Reserve had this year to try to prevent an economic crisis. So that's the big sticking point right now. And until they work this out, the entire $900 billion relief bill is hanging in the balance. The stimulus checks, the unemployment benefits, all of it. And now congressional leaders are telling us they don't think they'll be able to reach a deal tonight. After all, they think it might take them the entire weekend to work this out or possibly longer.
0: Nora. So many people waiting. Nancy Cordes, thank you. Tonight, Russia is the leading suspect in a widespread and sophisticated attack on sensitive government computer systems. Now, cybersecurity experts are scrambling to limit the damage as Congress demands answers. Here's CBS's Catherine Herridge.
7: Sources tell CBS News the hack is believed to be the largest cyber espionage campaign in U.S. history, and it's not over.
8: This was really an attack of massive scale.
7: Uh, Microsoft's president told us today the hack spans at least eight countries, with 80 percent of the targets in the U.S., including many of the company's clients.
8: This attack is still taking place. Um, The industry is scrambling. People in government are scrambling to get it under control. uh, But it's not under control yet.
7: Among the concerns that the breach at the Treasury Department may have exposed taxpayer information. What's the impact?
8: Well, the impact is extraordinary. Any information of yours, you may have been compromised from by very sophisticated attackers.
7: Officials say the tactics are similar to other large-scale attacks blamed on Russia, but investigators can't rule out other foreign adversaries. Are we going to learn that the hack was even bigger than we know right now?
8: Well, we should assume that the number of victims is going to increase. This is a bit like a natural disaster.
7: Sources say the hackers could have roamed free in unclassified systems and impersonated high-level officials seeking classified information. Catherine Hirsch, CBS News, Washington.
0: And we want to turn now to America's hunger crisis. More than 50 million people in this country have experienced hunger this year. That's up from 35 million last year. Well, tonight, federal aid programs are running low on funding and food pantries are running low on supplies. Here's CBS's Mark Strassman.
5: This morning, Yolanda Myers made her monthly run for groceries.
2: If it wasn't for the food bank, I don't think we're going to make it sometime.
5: 400 pounds of donations. A lot of food for a lot of family. In this 1,000-square-foot shoebox, Myers cares full-time for 10 grandchildren, ages 1 to 12. They call her G-Mama.
2: We love her. We take care of her. We make sure she okay.
5: She's disabled. Her husband lost his chef's job in March.
2: Sometimes I have to go buy the kids something that they need. And he'd be like, well, we don't have the money to do this or to do that.
5: Food banks, a sometimes option, became a lifeline. They're also $3,000 behind on rent. Here in Fulton County, with more than one million residents, one in six families now faces food insecurity.
2: G-mama gonna keep them fed.
5: (laughs) Have there been missed meals?
2: Not for the kids. For you? Yep.
5: Has that happened a lot?
2: Yeah. It's not time to be sitting around trying to cry, being upset.
5: Every month, the African-American Association of Georgia services 1,600 families, but few like the Myers. I'm gonna get you. This is a family that really needs above and beyond the support that we normally give. Above and beyond today meant a Christmas surprise. I got your deep fryer for you <laughs> as well. Yeah, you. And- <laughs> And gifts for the grandkids.
7: I really love y'all. Thank y'all so much.
5: But no single food bank can keep them fed. Thank you. Their school system today also dropped off meal packs, breakfast and lunch for five days. But today, they feasted on something different. Hope. Mark Strassman, CBS News, Atlanta.
0: Thank you all. Everybody looking for a little more of that. All right. Time is quickly running out for your gifts to arrive ahead of Christmas. Today is the deadline for first class mail. But with the post office buried under millions of extra packages, it's getting dicey. Here's CBS's Janet Shamlian.
8: Shoppers across the country are learning a hard truth tonight. Santa will be late this year.
2: I'm, like, very discouraged. I could have driven across country in that amount of time and delivered in person.
8: A week before Christmas, packages are overwhelming the U.S. Postal Service and other carriers. Busy, busy, man. Customers tell CBS News they've been able to track their shipments being scanned into post office processing centers, but there is no record of them leaving.
0: It's been nuts.
8: Carly Seal manages Houston's Favor the Kind boutique. Thank you. Thank you. Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas. Which cut off shipping earlier than usual because Christmas delivery couldn't be guaranteed.
3: There's been huge delays, and it's been really frustrating.
8: A perfect storm, record volume, coronavirus staffing shortages, and weather in the mix. Ship Matrix reports the Postal Service is receiving about 6 million extra parcels a day due to shipping caps at FedEx and UPS. Tonight, USPS acknowledged the challenges, but says it's committed to delivering gifts and cards on time, to celebrate the holidays. And tonight, people are still coming into the post office with packages. At this point, many will have to use expedited shipping. But with such a backlog already, some postal workers are saying they believe it'll be a week or so into January before
0: everything gets delivered. Nora? well, and It's more like a New Year's gift than a Christmas gift. All right, Janice Shamley, and thank you. We're learning details tonight of a remarkable rescue in western New York state. In this week's snowstorm, Kevin Creason drove off the road near Owego. Then a plow buried his car under four feet of snow while well, he called for help and State Trooper Sergeant Jason Cauley climbed through miles of snowbanks until he somehow found the car and got Creason out after 10 hours. Well, tonight Creason's recovering from hypothermia and frostbite. Tiger Woods and his 11-year-old son, Charlie, are teaming up this weekend at the PNC Championship in Orlando. During practice rounds this week, Charlie showed off a smooth and powerful swing, just like his father's. Woods and his chip off the old block will be among 20 teams featuring a pro and a family member. We wish them all good luck. And now, something for the kid in all of us. Magic is real, as long as you believe in it. Here's CBS's Steve Hartman with tonight's On the Road.
6: Kelly Kenny was walking in her Los Angeles neighborhood one day when she came across a fairy garden. And while staring at these tree trunk trinkets, she felt an alter ego emerging.
1: On my walk back, I was brainstorming ideas of what my name was going to be and
6: Wait, What do you mean what your name is going to be?
1: I just my imagination just kind of took over and I just started thinking like, well, maybe if I left a note like as a fairy, that would be really fun to do.
6: And so, the next night, she did just that left a note for whoever built the garden. My name is Sapphire, she wrote. I'm one of the fairies who lives in this tree. The next day, a four-year-old girl named Eliana wrote back. The first exchange in what has evolved into a remarkable friendship. Nine months of letters and presents. Glitter! And glitter galore. They traded photos with one another and turned a year of disappointment into a season of wonder. Eliana's mom, Emily, Couldn't be more grateful. Can you believe the extent that she went to for all this?
8: Oh, like, we were constantly floored. Like, the gifts that she would give were just so personal and so kind. And we were just like, we don't even know you.
6: Eliana felt like the luckiest girl in the world. But what she wanted more than any present was to meet her new friend. And that's when Sapphire remembered that fairies can, on very rare occasion, turn human size which is how earlier this month, Sapphire appeared.
0: She turned
1: around and saw me and the way that she looked at me, um, just I'll never forget that. Um, it was just really magical, so.
6: Kelly says at the start of this pandemic, she was in a dark place, but with a little imagination and a whole lot of kindness, she found her light and says you can too.
1: I want people to believe that they don't have to be a fairy. To give a little bit of magic to somebody else. And it doesn't have to be a child either. That true love for 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 one another. That that you know that's that's real.
6: Real as it gets. Steve Hartman, CBS News. On the road.
0: We should all hold that belief to be able to share magic with one another. Beautiful piece. Thank you, Steve. So excited for next week, because on the CBS Evening News, we have this story. Kindness is contagious. In our Season of Giving series, we visit a Dairy Queen, where 900 customers joined to pay it forward. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. Just a reminder, stay positive, test negative. See you right back here on Monday. Good night.